M-M-A. It's in the cage. And welcome to another edition of MMA in the Cage, your pound-for-pound best source for mixed martial arts coverage in the podcast world. My name, Estevan McCartney. With me in the beautiful state of Colorado, Denver, Colorado, we have Ryan. Well, Ryan's not here, but I'm here. Ryan Jenkins. What's, Ryan, what's going on, man? No, I'm, I'm not there. Um, but somewhat appropriate, I've been uh, plowing through of a song of fire and ice so a little mountainous, rocky mountains in the book. So okay. okay. Um, anyways, uh, that would be the closest to Colorado. Otherwise, I am in a hundred degree, hundred degree weather here in Dallas. So yep, it's you know actually uh, it's not actually in Denver, the Coors place. It's in Mines, Colorado, which is right next to it. But my friend, my friend lives right next to it, and uh, he's like, yeah, and that's the Coors factory. It was really pretty. It really is in the mountains of uh, of Colorado. I mean, it really is up in there. And that's that's where they get their water for their beer, and that's what makes it taste like water. That's and that's where they that's where they build the trains too that come through the towns. <laughs> Sweet. But uh, Ryan, so I flew in this morning. Okay, I was six o'clock flight, very early. You have to be at the airport like around two hours early, even at six o'clock. Actually, especially at six o'clock in the morning because uh, you know it's it's just a shitty place to live in Chicago. How, how well, long did you, how long did you wait before you started boarding? So you were there two hours early. Yeah, I probably got there. Well, you know, I, I probably, you know, I was probably there about 15 minutes before boarding. So, um, you know, not too yeah. bad. So yeah. it took you it took you an hour and 45 minutes to get through security and get yeah. to your, your yeah. gate. Yeah, it's really secure. Yeah, yeah. And, and I do the the, the phone uh, the phone boarding pass too. I don't even fuck around with the the counters or anything. I'm I'm for sure though from now on just say fucking it and just just doing the express. But anyways, okay. So Ryan, you know you know me, okay. I'm a I'm a good looking chap, okay. I I got some nice looking hair, okay. I rock a beard every once in a while, and um and I'm tan, okay. And tan, and I fit in between the ages of 18 and 25. Now I'm assuming that this is why every time I go to the airport, a large black man approaches me and tells me that he wants to feel my inner thigh at six o'clock every fucking time I go to the airport. I cannot stand it, dude. At like literally six months now, every time I have been asked, "Sir, can you please step this way?" and I get felt up in the morning. I'm not. I'm not doing the. I'm not doing the radar thing because. Science is a, is a bitch, and they're going to come out like 20 years from now like, oh, yeah, by the way, all these machines were broken, and all of you are going to have mutant children. So I go for I go for the, the, the backhand special. And, um, yeah, and they, they're always dicks about it. They're always they, – first of all, they always every city I go to, always a large black man because I feel like they're just, they're just going to fuck with him less. You know what I mean? And he's never happy to fill my junk. I'm never happy for him filling my junk. And they're just they're just disrespectful dicks, man. I fucking hate TSA. You know they they haven't saved us from any terrorist attacks since 9/11. So whatever. I'm I don't like them. This would be my suggestion then. So you you go dressed normally. What you need to do is go dressed with like a turban in your head, and act just a little little bit little bit crazy. Just be a little bit on edge, like you might be a little nervous. 
have like a little nervous tick and see if they just don't even bother fucking with you then. See, see, this is the thing though. So like I'm my, this is me assuming that they're pulling me out because of that demographic, which is the typical suicide bomber age. But guess what though? No, no, no. It's just because you're of, 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 of a darker persuasion with your skin color. That's, that's why you're nothing. not, a, you're not, you're not, you're not a black guy Bullshit. and you're not fully a white guy. So you're, you're brownish. So they're going to pull you no, over and no, they're going to pat you down. No, honestly though, like when, when I grow out my, when I grow up the hair and like I have like just a tinge, just a hint of a beard, and it's in the middle of the summer. I look, I look Arab. I do, but it's you know I love it because they you know they they do it under the guise of well it's random searches okay that's bullshit and I'll tell you why because every time I go they always choose the whitest looking motherfucker in line and put him right next to me just to make sure to show me that like oh look we choose white people too no it's it is it, I you know I don't mind I wouldn't mind if. You're going to say, you know what? We're going to look at all the terrorist-looking dudes, and you just so happen to fit in the category. Sir, step in this line. Don't even bother with this line. Just step over here. And I would be cool with that. I would be fine with that. <laughs> but don't fucking give me this bullshit about it's random, and there's no stereotyping, and da-da-da-da. No, don't fucking lie to me. Of okay? course, but that's what, they've get, that's, a, that's what they've got to do to be PC and, and all that bullshit. Of course. that's They're the ones that are making the decision to – quote unquote randomly select you but when you're getting selected every time i think the idea of a terrorist a perspective terrorist line is pretty funny and they're um, so shitty like you know you can't like uh, you know i readjust my belt don't fucking don't touch your belt line don't touch your your hands need to be up your your hands need to be up what are you gonna do pull it off and strangle them no i mean honestly like this this time i started taking off my shirt because i'm like this takes long time this takes a long time this takes a long time i have an undershirt on it's white. You can see through it, basically. Let's just skip the shit, and you can just do it. And like, no, sir, you can't do that. You can't. I'm like, I'm, I'm helping you. No, no, I'm fine. Just where I'm at. Let's just. I don't know. It. I can't. I can't stand it, man. I can't stand it. So I'm over here. Okay. So I'm in the terminal, having a bad morning, Ryan. Having a horrible morning. I was pacing back and forth because I just I couldn't stand it anymore. Like I just wanted to yell at every TSA agent. Then I take a seat. I'm looking on my phone. Flights on time. I, I, this, this buff dude sits next to me. I look over Ryan. By the way, I'm flying to Colorado. Now, in Colorado, Ryan, there is a gym called the Grudge Training Facility. And just so happens to be that Mr. Nate the Great Marquardt was visiting with his agent in Chicago and flying back to Grudge Center. And which I, is where, which is where Shane Carwin trains. Is that correct? Which is where Shane Carwin, Paul Buentello, your boy. Yeah, my boy, Shane Carwin. Paul Buentello. Um, you got uh, – who else? Uh, Gerald Harris. Um, Brendan Schaub. I mean there's a whole – like that, that. honestly, that's probably one of the most stacked gyms, if not the stacked gym in the U.S. I mean it, it's got every fighter coming out of there. And, I'll, and I swear to God, Ryan, I swear to God, every time I fly to Denver, which is somewhat often, I always say to myself, I really want to meet someone from Grudge Center. I promise you this is not a lie. And if I, I swear I would would have never guessed that this was ever going to happen to me in my lifetime. And I start texting you, fucking early in the morning. My my fingers are shaking. My fingers are shaking. I can't I can't get coherent text out. I'm like, I'm okay, sick. hold on, hold on. Well, let me just give you my perspective here real quick because you mentioned the texting. I wake up to like eight text messages <laughs> and just these like these really creeper pictures that you can like <laughs> vaguely like figure out who it is it's just like you know hey he's like 10 feet away and this this guy is just kind of sitting there just like on a bench i'm like 
the fuck is this picture right, here? Right, I'm right. half asleep, and then I click on it, and I figure out it's the one and only Nate the Great. Right. And, and I know, I'm like over here, like under my armpit, fucking, I just have to make sure that the uh, the camera noise is off. I mean, I made that mistake before. There's <laughs> like, like a big flash going I'm like, off. Oh my God, damn it. You know, and I, so I took, I took my practice picture before I, because I, I knew you needed proof. I knew you needed proof. So I'm over here shaking. I'm like, there's no, how is nobody mauling this guy right now? This is, this is great. This, this man was a previous middleweight contender and perennial contender of the 185 division, right? Him and Anderson Silva were the only guys that were holding up that division for years, man. The only ones exciting in that division. And he's sitting feet away from me. So I get up, I go over there, I introduce myself. Hello, my name is Estevan McCarthy. I just wanted to say, I know you'd be, I know you would have beaten Johnson and Story's ass any day of the week. And he smiles. Uh, before, the first thing, first thing I noticed, takes out his, takes out his earbuds. I'm, I'm bothering while he's listening to music. Takes out his earbuds, disgusting ears. Those fucking cauliflower ears are gigantic. But he takes them out. He's like, I really appreciate. It. Thank you very much. And I go and I sit down, and, uh, and he's sitting, and he's still sitting there. He's still sitting there, and I'm just, I swear to God, I cannot get my eyes off this fucking guy. I'm just staring at him, like, I have to, I have to get, I have to get more information. This is, he is the thing that's talked about right now in the in the MMA world. I have to fucking know some more. And Ryan, when we come back from the break, I will tell you what was found out. In my conversation, my one-on-one exclusive interview with Nate, the great Mark Wart. I, I can barely, I can barely hang on. Stick with us. Whether you yearn to eliminate unsightly debris from those hard-to-reach spaces between your teeth, or you crave a splash of bacon zest to spice up a boring oral hygiene routine, these bacon-flavored toothpicks are for you. Arm yourself with invigorating pig freshness and the confidence that you can take on the world. The next time you pick out, you'll be glad you have these flavorful slender sticks of wood by your side. Bacon-flavored toothpicks. Put them in your mouth. This is not real product. We do not attempt to buy this at home. MMA in the Cage and its associates are currently looking for sponsorship and we'll be more than happy to put your awesome product in this space. If you have any questions, please contact us at MMAinTheCage at gmail.com. <laughs> And we're back, and I am sorry, folks, but you're gonna. I know you guys are on the edge. You want to know what is with the steroid scandal? What's going on in Nate the Great Mark Hart's head? Where's the UFC stand on this? Well, you know, and I di- I do have this interview. What's his favorite have, color? I have no idea, but we are, we are gonna have to get to the news first because you know that we're we're fucking professionals here, Ryan, and this has this is how we have to do it. So, Ryan, what 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 happened? In, what happened big in the news this week? In our MMA news. <laughs> we did have some MMA news. Yeah. Uh, we had a rumor get squashed of Chael Sonnen um, moving up to light heavyweight against Leota Machida. Um, I didn't believe it. I didn't really see the point of it. I don't see why he would just be 
moving back up when he should be fighting at middleweight. And it turned out to be the case. Uh, Chael Sonnen has uh, signed on to fight Brian Stan. Um, it's targeted for USC 136 in Houston. Um, other notable news, we had uh, uh, Dan Miller uh, filling in as a replacement for a USC newcomer um, in the Brazil fight against uh, Husamal Paul Harris, which should hopefully be a, a fairly entertaining fight. Dan's a, a tough dude. and uh, He's a scrapper. And we'll see if uh, Paul Harris can uh, just rip his fucking leg off. Um, I think the most notable news of the entire week, though, was our boy Charles Oliveira, Chucky O, replacing an injured Paul Taylor, who's going to now be fighting Donald Cerrone at UFC on Versus 5. Is that not a bad A uh, matchup there? (laughs) Dude, I you know when you first told me this, which was like ten minutes ago, I I, I this is this is going to be a great fight. I mean, these guys, both these guys like to bring it. And uh, uh, Brian, who who does this fight mean more for? Is Donald Cerrone, who you know more of an established name in the WEC, has a couple of fights in the UFC, all main card fights though. And you know, I mean, the 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 guy is exciting. The guy is exciting. Fairly well rounded, horrible at wrestling, great jujitsu, and pretty goddamn good hands. But we have Chucky O, who has gone on more, you know, he, he kind of went on a, a bad streak for the last two fights. You know, lost to Jim Miller. That's fine. Jim Miller's an amazing fucking fighter. He's going to lose to him. But, um, you know, in this last, this last fight against Nick Lentz, you know, kind, kind of, a, kind of a, a, a bad streak for Chuck O. So what, what, what do you think? Who do you think this is a bigger fight for? I, I think it's big for both of them because in everybody's eyes, Charles Oliveira was – had won that fight that they watched and it wasn't it wasn't like a you know the finish like the John Jones and Matt Hamill where Matt Hamill was completely gifted a victory but watching that second round you started to see Charles Oliveira really start to you know turn the tide um before that he's just been just crazy um he looked great in that fight um and Donald Cerrone looked has looked good as well I think it, it's a meaningful fight for either one of the guys I think Definitely top 10 lightweight, whoever wins this fight, if they're not both already in there themselves. It's been a while since we've done the, uh, uh, you know, the, honestly, the lightweight rankings. So hard to tell in the lightweight division right now. But, There's so many good guys. But it's just going to be whoever ends up winning that fight is going to end up being definitely in a fight to fight one of the, the top five, um, you know, for possibly like a contender's fight. Both Whoa. of them. Are all, that, that's uh, when is um, this contenders fight happening? 2013. I mean, uh, no, the, the the contenders fight would happen a fight probably after this next fight. So I'm thinking late uh, 2012 was probably be the uh, for for contenders. So completely disagree. Uh, completely disagree. You have, I mean, it's so backed up right now. I mean, we just found out that Maynard is not still not cleared to fight may art to fight uh, Frankie Edgar in the upcoming. Right. When they were supposed to, after they rescheduled their fight, um, you know, with you have uh, what the Anthony Pettis, Clay Guida, Clay Guida just came off a win. Clay Guida honestly has been riding a good winning streak and has been putting together legitimate wins. Anthony Pettis should have been fighting for the title and he just beat him very decisively. So I mean, I I would there, I would there, think that Clay Guida would be getting uh, the the next one. Then you have Melvin Gillard. Melvin Gillard not not only has Melvin Gillard been winning, Melvin Gillard has been 
demolishing people. He has been tearing that. He's been beating that pussy up, dude. He has just been going up and like raping the guys in the fucking ring. I mean, and you, I mean, you forgot Dennis Seaver, Jim Miller. There's too many guys right now who have put together a lot of winning streaks that have a bigger name in the UFC that you, that you can't, you can't, you can't just put Cerrone and Chucko up there immediately. I, 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 I think with a couple of decisive wins, I think you could for sure. But how, but the guys that I just the guys that I just mentioned. Oh uh, no no I don't disagree. The, the, that's such a, a clusterfuck right now, uh, the the lightweight division. So yeah, there's a lot of things that needed to be sort, sorted out, and you wouldn't see a guy like this probably fighting till 2013 for you know for a title. There's a lot of a, there's a lot of mess to be had up there. Especially you know and especially with you know with with Donald Cerrone and uh, and Chucko you know he's only 21 and Cerrone I think is like 27 28 I mean they're both still real young you know honestly they want to see the the more you know the more tendered the more the, the older guys you know they they want to see them actually get their shot because you only have a really small window to actually go out and make some money. Like, you know, you you make like 20,000, 30,000 here. That's great. Even if you're making 60 grand a year off of fighting, that's great right now, but that's not going to last you for the rest of your life. And so the guys that are like in between 30 and 34, basically, that's really when they're going to be, they need to be making the money for the rest of their lives. So, I mean, I say give it to the rest of the guys. Chuck O has got plenty of time to come up. And so does Cerrone. And Cerrone, I mean, I think right now he's got too many like too many holes in his game in order to actually uh, in order to be a, a legitimate title title contender. I, I think we're going to look back on this fight here in in a more I, I favor Oliveira in it, and that's kind of more of what I'm talking um, kind of on his line because I, I think you're right. I think Cerrone's just he's not that great off of his back, but. Uh, Oliveira, I think, is a lot better off of his back to try and contend with uh, some of the real strong wrestlers that are in the the uh, the top part of the the division. Um, so I see him having more success against those strong wrestlers than Do- Donald Cerrone will. So I could see this as being a very big fight for Charles Oliveira. As far as the matchup, I think it's a beautiful matchup. You know, both these guys have excellent stand-up. Cerrone, really good kickboxing. Oliveira obviously has the filthy Muay Thai. Um, and the way he moves around is pretty special. And then both the guys, uh, you know, submission-wise, jujitsu-wise, are both uh, are pretty badass. Cream of the crop. Um, I, I mean, this is just this is one of those fights that, and both the guys are are relatively durable as far as their chins. So this is definitely a fight that we could see that, uh, um, you know, surely it would be picked for fight of the night. The only thing uh, that I really see that, like, you know, where Donald Cerrone is really going to have trouble is probably, you know, you're, you may disagree with me, but in, in the kickboxing, his last match, uh, what was it, like a couple of weeks ago with uh, uh, Wagner uh, Rocha, he, you know, he, Wagner Rocha, not not that good of a fighter, you know, not that big of a name, and Cerrone had him the entire time. He had his number, won decisively three rounds in a row, did not go in for the kill at any, yeah. time, any, at any time, and... You know, these guys coming out of Jackson's camp, man, I mean, like, it's just like, you know, they, they, they say that, you know, they kind of they kind of mold their training to their type of style. But I don't know, man. I think it works for some of them. And it works for and it doesn't for other because, I mean, Cerrone, you know, you go back to when he was fighting early in the WEC, the guy was a monster, just putting people away nonstop. And, you know, he's still not not just not to give him, you know, give him any credit. He's still doing I mean, he, he still had that. That went over Paul Kelly um, by submission. What did he have him in? Like a choke of some choke. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I definitely see a hole with some of these. Uh, you know, they play. It, they they, they want to say, if you're not good enough, let's just get you to win. You know what you, I mean? The thing is, you're not going to see that happen in a fight with Charles Oliveira. When has Oliveira ever just backed off? He bullied Nick Lentz around. Yeah. Nobody bullies <laughs> Nick Lentz around in the, in the, in the cage. That's not going to happen in this fight. Oliveira's going to keep on pushing forward, and I don't think Cerrone's not going to be able to just pot shot him from the outside like he did against Rocha. That fight sucked uh, because of it, but he was fighting. He knew that he could win that way without getting hurt or getting hit, um, which, you know, was a safe thing for him to do at this point. Oliver is going to push the pace, and I, I see this as a, a pretty pretty badass fight. Absolutely. It, I mean, it, it really is going to be. This could, fight of the night written all over it. I think any fight with Chuck O's or fight of the night written all over it. You're damn right. Um, and we need to get back to the, the thing that's just been tugging at me now for you know the past 10 minutes what's what's going on with nate all right man so i uh ah oh, man okay so i i stand up okay i've already introduced myself i've sat back down across the row or i not even across the row like uh, uh, down down the row and then across okay so it's it's already been a thing i've already started it and i've already ended it sat back it, down it, what did he? What did he say to you again? I'm sorry. I oh, just like, I, hey man, I really appreciate it. you know it means a lot okay. to me. Just stuff okay. like that. Okay. And then, um, and then I'm thinking to myself like, MMA in the cage. I I am an esteemed colleague of the MMA community. I would kick myself in the dick if I did not go over there and I have to say something. And I go over there like a little five year old kid like wanting an autograph. I'm like, excuse me, Mr. Trembling. A- yeah, I, tr- you have no idea. You have no idea. I go over there. I'm like, you know, I, I, he, he's not even looking. I mean, he's eating his brand muffin, just looking at the ground. I mean, because honestly, you know, like he's probably pretty pissed because of what's been going on. And, and it's, you know, really early in the morning. He's eating his muffin. I go over there. I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to ask you some questions for my podcast. I was like, would you mind if I sat down for you with you for a couple of seconds? He has to move his computer. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Takes the headphones out. This is all before the flight, too. Like, you know, I only got about, like, five to ten minutes with them. I couldn't tell. I mean, it just seemed like forever. But anyways, the first, the first five, the first, like, five minutes, I just spent, like, <sighs> so, I just, I just, I just want to let you know that I like your fighting and, like, I'm a big fan. Like, just so, fucking... so you, you turned into Matt Hamill? Yeah. <laughs> I turned into Matt Hamill. I, I with turned... Swamp Taint. I, dude, I it was I I played total fanboy at this point. I can't fucking talk. I'm like so, and you know the thing I that I hate the most in like um and pretty much in like anything like in basketball like halftime interviews and in, uh, in pre-fight interviews they're always the same question and it's always the same answer at basketball and like in basketball at halftime they're going into the locker room. Hey, so what you know you guys had a good quarter. What do you think you got? What do you think you did differently? Oh, you know, just more aggressive, and uh, we just got, we just took advantage of opportunities. You know that that's always your fucking answer right there. That is always yes. your answer. Sure. In in uh in MMA, what is it? So, I mean, how how what did you do to prepare the, for the fight? You know, uh, you know, I had a great training camp, eight week training camp. And I'm I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm in the best shape of my life, and uh, I feel really good, and I feel really confident going into the match. How often do you hear that question followed by that answer? Every fucking time. I absolutely hate it. I can't stand it. So what so so what is the first thing that comes out of my mouth, Ryan? The same same question. So uh I was like, so so how was the weight cut? <laughs> I was that was, was like for I was like, Okay, well that, okay, well that's the legitimate question. Yeah, because kind because of. because nobody really got to 
to interview him or, but, or and nobody's but, even asked about that. So. But, but that, okay. So, so, so asking how, how is the training for the fight? That's the first question. If anyone ever drops a, a division, always the first question, how is the weight cut? He was like, well, you know, wasn't too bad. I, uh, you know, I, I trained for a while and uh, it wasn't too bad. <sighs> so what do you do, Estevan? <laughs> I can't even fucking talk. I'm over here like just staring off at the disc. I'm not I sure if know. I should look at him in the eye and the ear. Like, and, and I, You're just staring I, at his ear. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just like, I, uh, I, I'm in the, I'm in the hospitals. I work in the hospital. <laughs> I don't, I don't even fucking work in hospitals, by the way. You know, so I tell him what I do, and uh, you know, I was like, no, but I, I, that kind of like honestly relaxed me a little bit. I cra- cracked a joke about being a terrorist, so you know, back on track, okay? Then I started getting, then I started getting down to business, Ryan. I started asking him, um, so you know, I was really disappointed to see that you weren't fighting in this recent uh, card. You know, it was uh, they came down really hard on you, and I'm wondering what's your future with the what's the what what future organizations do you plan on be fighting in? And um, he told me, you know, well, he's like, I mean, th- this is all off the record, by the way. I would like to tell this. This is all off the record, but he but told you're me now making it on the record. On our record, which is basically off the record because nobody's listening to this fucking thing. <laughs> This is just for our personal records. But you know, he tells me, uh, you know, Dana's got it wrong. Dana's got it wrong. Oh, no, 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 no. Dana's got the facts. Like, he, he he jumped on it because he, like, he thought I must have been the biggest retard on earth. And then I just come out with, you know, you know a legitimate question. And sure. he, he was like, well, you know, Dana doesn't have the facts right about this. And, you know, the UFC is going to be my final resting place. And, and it, it's going to happen. I will land back in there. Yeah, I, I would not have <laughs> asked him what other – what are you going to go fight at Shark Fights? Well, you know, I mean, honestly, like I told him because, you know, like whatever organization you will fight in, I will always be watching. Because, like, honestly, the guy has got – as I said, he really held up the 185 division for years with Anderson Silva. There was nobody doing anything in there for a long Long time guys up and down in and out switching weight classes or uh or yeah or just or just not being good enough and you know it it, so i like watching the guy so um we kind of go on that a bit so i ask him so i was like i didn't i didn't i did i would like to go on the record right this is on the record saying i did not ask him did you use anabolic steroids okay i did not ask him that but um i did ask so i was like so what exactly happened with the miscommun- I was like, what, what kind of miscommunication happened here? Uh, I was like, is it similar to the Chael Sonnen incident? And he said, you know, I actually didn't follow, follow the Chael Sonnen incident much. And we just kind of talked about the Athletic Commission of California and Nevada and how, um, you know, I mean, he's, I mean, honestly, Ryan, honestly, I love Nate. He did not have, he was not ready for my press conference. And he didn't really like, he just kind of like, I mean, great. It was early. And I was, I was also mumbling half my shit because I couldn't get it out. But he, he did not have a legitimate forward answer for why. But he just said, like, I, you know, I messed a couple things up with the paperwork, even though he's, I mean, and he's like, and, uh, you know, it'll, it'll get worked out in the end. I'm like, all right, that's, you know, that's great. And then I started asking, you know, so that, so that's really what it is. But I will tell you this, though. Uh, he did not deny, using steroids at one point in time and i probed the question a different uh, different angles a couple of times so he did not deny uh using them but you know that's not to say that he does or doesn't and honestly like i i really don't give a fuck whether he does or whether he doesn't i just want to see him in the cage and fighting and then we went uh from there we started talking a little bit about uh you know i was like isn't Tri- i was like tristar 
and Grudge are sister gyms, right? And I said, and he said, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, TriStar is the prominent gym in Canada where GSP trains out of. And Grudge, is, as I said earlier, is the uh, is a sister gym of it in Colorado, and they kind of exchange fighters back and forth. And um, I told him, you know, you can make a legitimate title run at 170 if you do end up in the UFC and you do end up at that weight. I said, what is the, you know, how is that going to uh, affect your and GSP's relationship. And he said, you know, we actually sat down and talked about it. And, uh, you know, we just agreed that this is business. This is something I have to do. And, uh, he's so, you know, he's, he's ready to take on 170. And I told him like, you know, I really want to see, you know, I think everyone wants to see, you know, we've mentioned it before him get into the cage at 170 because there's so many guys out of AKA in 170 that won't fight each other that they can just rock through all of them. And, uh, you know, so we kind of talked about, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of interesting fights with him at 170. Um, he was clearly prepared for that answer because he's been, he was asked that a hundred times as soon as he announced that he was dropped, dropping it to 170. Yeah. About him, about him, about him talking to, or fighting with GSP. Well, fuck. So, um, okay. Well that, that, that was pretty hard hitting and what, what else? (laughs) Uh, and then they called his flight, and then he got the fuck out of there. And, but honestly, though, I mean, he was a really nice guy. I honestly urge everybody to go onto Dana's Twitter and at least say, hear him out. You know, just hear what he's got to say. Because, you know, if he does have the facts wrong, which could always be the case, because, you know, Dana White doesn't go in there and test urine or look at the results or anything like that. He hears shit fifth hand. From people like, yeah, well, Nathan passed his medical exam, da 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 da, and like that's all he you know, like. He's very simple, like just tell me what I need, like tell me what I need to know. He didn't pass it, probably because probably because of steroids. Okay, you're out of the UFC. Okay, that you know that's probably the way it went down. And so hopefully, uh, you know, he reconsiders. Uh, you know, honestly, one of the one of the most exciting fighters in the UFC today. So well, well, I I think the the biggest thing to take away from your chat with him as far as his career goes. As you mentioned that uh, he was leaving Chicago after just talking to his manager, correct? And that that he told you that he only sees himself, you know, fighting in the UFC, or that's where he he sees himself ending his career. So um, obviously, their plan is to not, you know, whore him out to, you know, whatever other organization just to get him a fight here or there. You know, in the meantime, before this gets uh, sorted out, from what I've read about it, it seems like it'll probably be. Uh, you know, sorted out here in the next couple of weeks um, that it was, in fact, there was a lot of it was paperwork type stuff. What, what he was doing with the hormone replacement therapy is just kind of in a very gray area, but it wasn't technically wrong. So I don't think he's going to actually get suspended by it. And I think uh, his management's just going to work on trying to get him back into the UFC. So it would not surprise me if he's back in the UFC before uh, probably before the end of the, the year. I mean, I would hope so, because, you know, we don't want to see another Chael Sonnen incident where, you know, Chael, I mean, he, he is at the, as I said before, at the peak of his career, goes and has one of the best title fights, you know, we've ever seen, best one of the best five-round fights ever, and then loses, not only loses, but falls off the face of the earth because of steroid, because of money laundering. Yeah, he's disappeared for 18 months, and when it's a fighter that you want to see, and that's 18 months that you would want to have back, he could have had three fights in that period of time or more. at least. I mean, shit, man, Chael was going to be fucking uh, the the coaches on the tough show, you know? I mean, who the fuck, who wouldn't want to see that? 
Yeah, him and, him, and, him and Bisping going at it. So. Like, dude, I would just, I literally would, would fast forward the fights just to watch him just talk. It's like the total opposite of what everybody's been doing for the past couple like, of years, just exactly. fast forwarding through all the bullshit and just watching the fights. No, I yeah. would fast forward just to watch him talk. And so, you know, but honestly, like best, best interaction with a... With, uh, you know, for, for me, it was a star. You know, we are, we, we dive into this stuff, Ryan. We are totally 100%, you know, UFC fans, MMA fans. And this is, this is, this is my thing. This is my thing. I don't give a fuck about other sports. I love this. And to be actually starstruck and is, and to feel like a little kid is, is something different that, you know, I've, I've never experienced before and I don't think I've ever, I I will ever experience again. And it it was, it was a great day because of it and uh, fuck TSA. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. That was uh, pretty cool that you ran into him like that. But, uh, um, here we've got coming up, um, our full breakdown of USC 132, uh, here after a short break. Hey, this is Ryan inviting you to friend us on Facebook and check out our blog at MMA in the cage blogspot.com and always shoot us an email at mma in the cage at gmail.com even if it is just to give us the finger you're listening to Esmol McCarthy and Ryan Davis on MMA in the cage and welcome back to MMA in the Cage with Esteban McCarthy. I'm Ryan Jenkins, and it is about time we talk about the badass card that has come out Saturday, UFC 132, the rematch of Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber. Uh, this time at 135 pounds versus 145 pounds, uh, where the first fight happened at. Um, just a real quick breakdown, Esteban, of the fights. We had uh, our Facebook fights. There was four of them. Uh, they all ended via unanimous decision with Jeff Hufflin de- defeating Donnie Walker, Anthony and Jokuani defeating Andre Winter, Aaron A. Train Simpson raping Brad Tavares' leg. Uh, Brian Brian Bowles uh, beating uh, uh, Takeya Mizugaki. Um, our prelim cards on Spike ended a little bit more decisively with two first round knockouts. The first was uh, Rafael Dos Anjos uh, beating George Sotaropoulos, followed by Melvin Gillard just steamrolling uh, Sugar Shane Roller. Um, By the way, I mean, this entire fight just basically fucked my, my parlays up nonstop. I mean, it was upset night. I saw Aropolis dropping. Are you fucking – I mean, like, Sotaropoulos, he doesn't have the best chin. But, I mean, Dos Anjos doesn't have the best stand-up either. I mean, he doesn't have the – yeah, he doesn't have the best. And, I mean, he knocked him the fuck out. That started off the night shitty. Then, I mean, actually, I saw Melvin Gillard, but um, – but Brian Bowles almost fucked me. Uh, but actually, my Brian Bowles, Aaron Simpson won. Uh, they were the only guys that, that really stuck it to, kept it together. So thank you, Brian Bowles. And uh, just to give you the results of the rest of the card, uh, Carlos Condit beat uh, Young Hyung Kim. Uh, Tito Ortiz beat Ryan Bader. Uh, Dennis Seaver, decision Matt Wyman. Chris Lieben knocked out Vanderlei Silva in the first. And Dominic Cruz uh, won the unanimous decision against Uriah Faber. Um 
to kind of cover the fights here, Esteban. The first fight, um, the Hufflin and Donnie Walker. Let's be honest. If it's your first fight in the UFC and you don't do anything really spectacular, uh, we're not going to talk about you. Okay, so. I will. I will. No, I will give. I will say. I want to give just a a little one minute to this. You know, I, it was surprising because. This is the first, you know, these are the first couple months where we actually get in the Facebook fights and, you know, the top to bottom uh, fights. And Hewlin's, uh, Hewlin's corner, I mean, he was winning the fight the entire time, but his corner was like, you need to finish, okay? We're in the UFC now and they need to see something spectacular. You need to finish. I did and, like that from the corner. And I was just like, I, I mean, you, you just don't think about it because... You see these guys, they're already good. They're already, you know, like when, when they're on the main cards, they're already good. You don't even think about it. But, like, this is the shit that they really have to think about at the beginning stages of the UFC. I mean, like, they've already they've already worked their asses off and, 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 and worked the local circuits for years and years and years without pay. And now they're now that you think that you, you think you made it. You think yeah, you, you haven't it. really made it. Bullshit. Exactly. Bullshit. <laughs> you better knock this motherfucker out or else, you're, or else you're out of here. It's a tough road to be a fighter for sure. Um, speaking of a tough road, Andre Winter, I, how the fuck did he stand up? He proved he could take the most savage of beatings and still stay stay conscious. Um, that was just great counter-striking from um, Njoku Kawani. I mean, but Njoku Kawani, honestly, like, he, you know, he, he was trying – he wasn't – he wasn't attacking. Like, he was attacking, but he could have finished that at a couple points in a time because he was just fucking gone. I mean, he, the lights were out. He just so happens that he was standing. And Andrew Kawani could have finished it, but he didn't want to rush in. He wanted to play it safe. And, you know, he ended up winning the decision just very decisively. I love the 26 rounds. Those are those are, those are the grass. Yeah, he, 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 uh, he, he I, I don't know. I guess he didn't want to get congoed. But, yeah, I think you're right, too. Uh, he could have probably pushed the pace. Um, speaking of pushing paces, we didn't really see any of that <laughs> in the Aaron Simpson and Brad Tavares fight. That fight sucked. And A-Train, that dude's got a soft jaw. Um, he got touched a couple of times and he was stumbling all over himself. So he just decided to grab Tavares' leg and just try and ride it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad because like a year ago, Aaron Simpson was he was rising to the top. You know, he was he was looking good. But, um, yeah, not anymore. Yeah, Brian yeah. Bulls, Mazagaki. <laughs> I'll tell you, the, the only thing that was spectacular about this fight, and if you want to even call it that, was the fact that uh, Yamasaki split him up in the third round when Mizugaki had uh, – or Bulls had Mizugaki's back. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he you've got total back control. Like, you know, never should that be separated, but – it was it was almost painful to watch because it was like two minutes and Bulls wasn't even really fighting that hard like he was just hanging there so for someone that doesn't like you know them splitting up for positions unless it's just you know two guys that are pushed up against the cage I actually thought that was a good split just because there was absolutely no action that was really being done at that point. well you know at that point in time we had all thought that Brian Bulls had broken his hand in that round I was just honestly because they, they had split that first round I had thought. I mean, the first the, the first round went to uh, Mizugaki, I, I, or, or it could have gone either way. I put it to Mizugaki. Bulls clearly won the second one. Ended up breaking his hand, though. And in the third, I was like, how the fuck is he going to pull this off? And he ends up taking him down, and he does a great – I mean, he was gra- he's great on the ground. I don't see why the fuck he wasn't doing that in the first place. But, I mean, I'm glad that he came through with the win with the broken hand. That, I mean, that definitely helped me out. So Good for him, and uh, good for him for wearing the same haircut since, you know, he was five years old. So. Absolutely. Um, and and uh, Dos Anjos, man, looking, looking good. Looking good. That, that was – 
that was ridiculous, man. I didn't see it coming. It was it was just a crazy right hand out of nowhere. And I don't know whether it was the right hand that hit him harder or it was Sot's head slamming back on the canvas um, that hit harder. Like He took a brutal fall, and he was out for a bit and didn't know where the hell he was or what, what had happened when he got up. So. No, I, it, it was it was bad. And honestly, like, I really thought Sotiropoulos had the edge in the stand-up in this one. You know, he's got good head move. I mean, he's got he's got a good body movement, got good footwork. I really thought that he was going to he was gonna win. I mean, they, I thought they were going to nullify each other out on the ground with the jiu-jitsu. But, um, hey, man, hats off to Dos Anjos. That, that, was, that, that was a great win. Absolutely. The uh, the one question that I think that comes from that is, do you think Sardaropoulos is going to be able to, to get his footing and uh, get back to the top of the division that he was just a couple of fights ago? Dude, like not even not even four months ago, man. Uh, you know, I think, I mean, he's, he look, he's got a lot of, he's a finisher. He's got a lot of good wins. And he, he is good at one thing. He is excellent on the ground. And he's an exciting ground fighter. So I think that, he will be able to get – I don't know, man. He really – like, you know, people who are just boxers, especially at that weight, I mean, that's just – you know, you're not – you are completely negating, you know, if you're a fucking Muay Thai guy, another six limbs. I mean, you got to you gotta change up your game more than just boxing and, and jiu-jitsu. And, you know, with, with those two, you're, you're just not going to get to the top. So if he doesn't change it up, then no, he's not. Yeah, I agree. I think there's just too many savages at the uh, at that weight division. Too well-rounded um, savages. And speaking of savages, last week, Estevan, you called for the Blitzkrieg for Dennis Seaver, right? I called for the Blitzkrieg for Dennis Seaver. But it was actually the veteran assassin, Melvin Gillard, that delivered it. Melvin he did Gillard. It with, he did some. He delivered it with crazy, vicious kicks to the body. That were just slapping the shit out of yeah. Fowler, and then his uh, the lightning hands that he has, and so now he's on a five fight win streak. Three of those fights he's knocked the guy out in the first round, and so now we've got Jim Miller and Ben Henderson fighting. And what this you think that should be for probably the number one contenders? That, uh, that you know there. honestly I don't if think Jim ben- Miller if. If Jim Miller wins, you think he should be number one contender? I don't know, man. Honestly, honestly, I already think Jim Miller should be just because of the amount of wins he's been able to put together in the UFC and the way he does win. But I mean, doing it against Ben Henderson, it's not going to happen. Ben Henderson was a UF or was a WEC champion, wasn't coming into the uh, you know into UFC. And on top of that, like his first his first outing, not that impressive. I mean, his hands looked a little better, but you know, not that great. So I I think Jim Miller, I think they're putting him on the back burner right now. I yeah, mean, I think you, you may be right. Um, which we, is a shame, which is a shame. Yes, it is. Um, but I want to touch on Melvin Gillard real quick. One second. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, when, hold, on, hold on just a sec here. So we've also got, we got Guida, who just took away the title shot from Pettis. And then you mentioned earlier that uh, we got the, the lame title fight being delayed again by the bane of the lightweight division. And uh, 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 what's his name? Gray. Gray, Gray the tumor painted. <laughs> by not getting his medical clearance. So I just want to see then where do you think Gallard falls in with all of this mess with title shots and everything else? I think Gallard right now, he puts together, I mean, honestly, you know, like he doesn't even have to put together a decisive win at this point. He, whoever he goes against next, as long as he wins, I think he probably should be next next in line. Uh, you know, I, this is the thing I'm curious about. I want to go back and watch his last fight that he lost. Do you do you remember who it was to? 
Um, was it Nate Diaz where he got submitted? I it was with, off the, of his that, back, that triangle his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, in I the mean, second I just want to round. See, what was that? Yeah, in the I second, think it was in the start of the second round. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the second or third round, but I mean, like, I just want to see what, like, what was he doing differently then that he's not that he's doing now? Because right now that guy is on a another level than than the guys. Uh, that he's been going against, and it's it's fucking clear as day and night. I mean, he is he is going to be in a title fight within the next year, year, yeah, probably a year. Because uh, it, it's a stri- it's a striking. It's it's more d- diverse. Before it was primarily just his hands that he was using. He uses everything now, and you know we talked about it. You know, last week here, it, the guy is the best first round fighter in MMA. The guy comes out, and he's just this unstoppable force. Um, and it's just amazing if you can actually survive that first round with him. Because that fury that he came out against Shane Roller, like he put it on him and did not stop. I think Gillard got hit, you know, stopped just a little bit with, you know, with a counter, with a counter right. But, you know, he, he stopped his, his attack there and he just kept on pushing forward. It was just, that was absolutely brutal. Right. Um, so who do you think he should actually fight then next? I mean, I would like, honestly, I think that... You know, I, I never thought Gray Manor should be getting an immediate title title uh, rematch because I, I I can't stand him and it's complete bullshit at this. <laughs> I don't want to see him fight. Yeah, I don't want to see him fight anymore. But but this is but honestly though, I think that who's next in line for it? I think probably Clay Guida. I put it this way: if Manor does not get healthy within, I'm going to say the next day, not in the next day. I think Clay Guida and um and uh, who the fuck is the is the title holder now? Uh, Frank Edgar. Frankie Edgar versus Clay Guida for the title, and then um, Maynard versus Gillard for the, the 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 second title shot. I mean, I think that's the only that that that's that makes most sense to me. Yeah, you know, at this point, what I think is going to end up happening because they're going to probably go through with the the you know the rematch in the title fight. Um, that I think Guida should probably fight Gillard, and I think the winner of that then would be number one. But you, the thing though is that you can't you can't delay this belt anymore. You cannot put it on the fucking shelves anymore. This is, there's too many good fighters that are coming over not only now but from the WEC now. There's too many fights at, at lightweight. You 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 have to have a title fight. Just like you know they're not letting uh like Rashad like put his title title opportunity up for uh you know his injuries. No, the fuck that. You have to move forward. You have to put in. Uh, you have to take Gray Maynard out at this point, and you have to put in someone different. I don't give a fuck who it is at this point, just because there's so many good fighters that I just that deserve to be up there. So I mean, it, it just it just has to continue on. Fuck Gray Maynard. I think we should move to Carlos Condit Don Young Kim fight because Ryan, you know, I think both of us called Don Young Kim winning by the most boring UD ever. Um, there was this guy named Carlos Condit. He is the natural born killer. And oh my god, like Jesus Christ, did he come out just just like a fucking main fly? By the way, if you guys didn't see it, flying knee, flying through the air knee, landing flushly on this Chinaman's face, and then and, and followed up with a couple punches. And when and when you when the camera zooms in on his face, Ryan, you can see the little X's over his eyes, like like the dead cartoon characters. It was it was fucking great. I could I would not have have liked to see Don Young Kim going against uh, GSP in, in the near future. But Carlos Condit, absolutely. I would love to see that. And we talked a little bit. Carlos Condit versus Nate Diaz, that's 
Easily one of the best fights of the fucking decade. Yeah, with Nick Diaz. Um, Nick Diaz. You know, I, I thought Stun Gun had it. Um, I think I texted you as soon as I heard him coming out to the Pride theme. I was like, Stun Gun's got this. There's no way. You can't overcome that. And then Condit hit that crazy sweep. When when uh, Stun Gun finally got Condit down and uh, Condit had that just that beautiful sweep to yeah. him out. Now, he wasn't able to hold it, but... But the still, fact that he was able to sweep him after he got on top of him. I was like, "Oh, tide just turned." And which then is he... which, Kim. I mean, you know, Kim has been able to nullify everybody's gone against so far. Which honestly, you put Carlos Con. I mean, you know, GSP is on another level, yes, but I mean, that's hope. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. That, that, that's hope right there. There's hope that he can make it a fight, and so that's all that I want to see. Well, um, you, I, you, I was, you were t- you were talking about it here before the natural born killer, um, and we were talking about not being able to remember the last time a guy lost. Okay, last, hold on, hold, the last hold time. On, hold on. we're gonna go. We're gonna go with Dennis Seaver defeating Matt Wyman first, just real quick. We're gonna save this next one for last, Ryan, or for second to last. Dennis Seaver versus Matt Wyman. I mean, I you, you no, thought no, 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 no. You're you're jumping on me here. I'm. I was still talking about the Condit fight. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. What uh, what I was getting at is is. Can you believe Conant hadn't lost decisively in a fight since June of 06? Wow. And it was to our own Shark Fights vet, Pat Bam Bam Healy. Um, (laughs) The big thing with Conant, like, I want to see who you think he would fight next because they're doing the Nick Diaz GSP fight. And I saw three guys that I figured would be the best matchup for Condit. I think Condit's got to win one more before he could get a, t- a title shot. I, um, I mean, honestly, you could put him against anybody on the West Coast at this point. You can put him against... Um, John John Fitch. I don't want to see it because I think John Fitch would end up winning that fight just because he's so good with his top control. I don't think he'd be able to to sweep uh, John Fitch. I'm going to throw other, some names at you. I'm going to throw some names at you real quick. I'm going to say... Uh, put it this way. I, people who I'd like to see him fight against. Not even like to you. Um, you put him against Jake Shields. I think that can put him in title contention. But he's already talked about. Uh, I think he's got a fight scheduled with uh, like Jake Ellenberger. That's right. Stupid. Uh, who, okay. Condit's already beat. So you can put him against um, Diego Sanchez. Sure, that would be interesting. But he's got a fight uh, with Matt Hughes. Ah, fuck. Okay. Um, you can put him, I mean, obviously, you know, anyone from AKA. So at this point, yeah. uh, see, but, see, but see, you don't want to put him against Swick because, uh, you Swick, know, not Swick, Swick hadn't Swick, fought in like 10 years. Well, he fought, no, he fought a couple Swick months ago. He fought, he fought, he fought a couple of months ago. He's been sick with cancer. You jackass. Anyways. Yes. You jerk. Jesus. Anyways. What the hell happened to him? Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Any, trying to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see the biggest intriguing fight right now probably against josh koscheck um i i think josh koscheck is good is a good fight for carlos condit because josh koscheck is a thick a thick-headed fuck and won't do just what's safe and um condit i mean we'll take him in the stand-up and and can definitely yeah koscheck all he did when he was fighting daily is just take him down so i think he would fight fight uh safe especially just after that brutal knockout that condit had i think the the one available fighter that um, that that you forgot to mention was the prodigy BJ Penn. Now, I thought I thought he was going against Fitch. Fight. I thought he was going against Fitch. They haven't signed anything with that, so um, you know at this point that you know that that's the fight that Fitch was wanting. I think that's the fight that BJ was wanting. But I think this makes more sense. I think BJ would be okay with it, um, just because it would have title implications fighting against Condit. 
So I mean, honestly, if, it has Fitch. title implications going against Fitch. Oh I no, mean, no, no, no doubt. But I think a a fight against Condit is better for BJ Penn. Yes, um, I agree because with that. you just no, there's never a good fight against John Fitch. I mean, even if you're GSP, that's still it's not fun to fight John Fitch. So. <laughs> All right, and then we're gonna go Dennis Seaver after this one. Right? I'm sorry, I thought you were. I thought you were being. I, I know, I know, I know, I know where you, I know where you're going. Okay. Um, just real quick, my my thing with the Seaver fight, I thought it was just a bad decision. I, I thought it was a good decision. I, I thought Seaver definitely took the first. Wyman clearly took the second with the uh, ground and pound, um, opening up the uh, the big gash on uh, Seaver's head. And Wyman won more of the third round than what Seaver did. Seaver you said just he won, won six, more. Yes. So of the third round, I thought what they did as far as effective striking and grappling, Wyman did more of that. He did it probably three and a half minutes. He won that the first three and a half minutes, and then the last ninety seconds, Seaver went in. He hit him with, you know, hit him with a little bit of a shot, and he had uh, top control. But That's if you look at had, Comp, but he was, if you strike though, he landed an insane amount more shots throughout the entire match. But if you look at fight metric, it actually gives the round to Matt Wyman. Okay. Because well, of, of because of his effective grappling he had on that guillotine. He had a couple of guillotine uh, chokes that were, were pretty tight. So I thought Wyman, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a total robbery, but I just didn't like the decision. Right. I'll, I'll put it this way. I was surprised as well. And then we had a, a, a death of a legend, Ryan. We had the death of a legend. We had Chris Lieben defeating Vanderlei Silva via first Within the 30 seconds, TK. 27 seconds, dude. Oh. And yes, and you're right. My, my suspicion of Wandy's chin going south like Chuck's, um, I think, has been affirmed at this point. Um, you know, it, it was a shame to see it. Um, I was hoping for a war, um, but his chin just didn't hold up to him, man. And he went in there just brawling like crazy with Lieben, which is usually not the best idea for anybody, but. Um, yeah, it kind of sucked. It was a little defeating, um, but it was like the, I had the same feeling watching him lose, like when probably when I saw Chuck get knocked out by Rashad Evans. Like it was the same type of feeling I had. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously, and then I think uh, Dana did said that he is going to cut uh, Vanderlei Silva, and you know, it, it, it is a shame just because he has brought so much to just the sport in general. I mean, he put on years and years and years of amazing fights, and I mean, always going in there. Wanting to kill and uh, hey man, no ex, doubt. Yeah, ex murder. I pour yeah. I pour one for you tonight. <laughs> Spe- speaking of ghetto, speaking of ghetto Mexican traditions. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, hold on, just real quick. Okay. What do you What do you think? Um, next fight for leaving then. Does it matter? You know, I, I was looking at it and I think there's probably two fights for him because he's not going to fight the very top guys, even though most people were saying, you know, Wandy wins this fight and he's fighting, you know, he could be fighting for the title. Like they just wanted to, to catapult him. Lieben doesn't get afforded that opportunity because he hasn't been a champion, hadn't had the career that Vanderlei Silva has. Um, I thought two good options for him, though, were a fight against uh, Tim Boach, um, Lieben and Tim Boach. Okay. And then... Yeah. Yeah, and then, and like then the, the the fight that I would really favor would be uh, Levin and Mark Munoz. 
Um, Munoz has got a lot more confidence in his hands, and I think he'll trade for a little while with Levin, and then he'll try and work the uh, the takedowns. I think it would be a pretty pretty I think, fight. You know, honestly, Levin wins that easy, just because Munoz. And I was saying with the Damian Maya this fight, like the the two biggest glass jaws in the, at the 185 division going against each other, just fucking swinging for the fences. As you knew, someone was going to get dropped eventually, and that's going to happen with Munoz. He's going to try to you know come in with his his fucking crazy. Over looping shots, he's gonna he's gonna land a whole bunch of them. But you know, Levin doesn't need anything to knock him out, so I don't I don't I don't like it. You know, oh, oh, well, man, maybe I don't know. <laughs> what I do want to see, which I which um I forget who else he, who he's fighting next. He's fighting um, you should know Kami. No, I forget. That's Anderson Silva. No, not Anderson Silva. Um, I would like to see Vitor Belfort go against him. I think that'd be fun. I think, cause I, honestly at this point, Levin's making, he just wants to make some money. Hey, let's, I agree. Let's, let's, I, th- I, I, I think you're right. I think that is a very good fight there, but he, d- he's got a fight with, uh, Akiyama. So. Akiyama. I knew it was another. Yeah, no, that it's looking for guys that were available. There are definitely other good fights, but it's, it's trying to find an available fight for yeah. Chris Levin. Hell, I want Chris Levin to fight Anderson Silva because that was probably the best one-sided fucking ass meetings <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> And what actually turned out to be a one-sided ass beating, Estevan, how long did it take <laughs> for you to pick up your, your jaw? Dude, I could not believe this. Tito Ortiz resurrecting himself from the 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 edge of the side of the cliff, man, from destruction. He was coming he out. Was tumbling. Coming tumbling out down that cliff. Against he was oh yeah, right. He was already tumbling down. He was already down it. Just in the first round, Ryan, against the young lion, Ryan Darth Bader, with a first round submission after dropping him with hand with hands, Ryan. Hands of Tito Ortiz dropping Ryan Bader in the first round and ending with a guillotine choke. Who the fuck wrote this story? Yeah, I wasn't shoot. I, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. I became a little irked by it um it, i actually got into the fight i didn't really care really who won because i don't really have any ill will towards either one of the guys um i was just obviously hoping for a decent fight but um tito coming out and he always comes out with the mexican flag and american flag <laughs> but he did it on july 4th weekend so i thought that was a little dis- distasteful um to still come out with the, the mexican flag attached to it so i didn't like that so i was really rooting for bader at that point and then the madness happened and madness. And, and and all i want to happen now as soon as that fight ended i said damn it i want brian stan to go move back up the <laughs> and beat the fuck out of tito for america that's funny uh you know honestly with tito ortiz <sighs> ryan what can you i mean honestly i was i was happy to see it because I, I don't have Ill, i don't have ill will towards either one of them if anything i kind of dislike tito ortiz a little bit I was really happy to see it. I mean, it's like, I mean, shit, it's like a, an MMA guy who hasn't won a fight in six years, and he's on his last fight in the UFC, and then he ends up winning by a crazy fucking out of left field knock or knockout or knockdown this submission. So, yeah, t- you know, t- it was, t- I, I was happy to see it, and then I forgot because we haven't seen it in so long. Digging the grave, Ryan. Digging the grave. Putting the body in. Yeah, that's so lame. The dirt. Not the, okay. I'm like okay, whatever. You know, that's fine. It's He's excited. A, it's, it's such a lame bit because fucking the spider picked it up 
and what? he started doing that. Doing the stab. No, 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 the, the spot of stab. Oh, he was, oh, he was doing stab. the dagger. Does the dagger. dagger. But then, but you know, and the thing that bothered me though, so like, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. He's excited. He hasn't won in a long time. Now I watched the press, the post fight press conference. He's just talking and talking and talking. And I remember why the fuck I hate Tito Ortiz. It's been a while because no one has wanted to hear him and no one has given him a mic. <laughs> yeah, because he, he hasn't won. Yes. He hasn't been involved in a press conference. <laughs> exactly. He just decade. integrated himself into them. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, unless he shows up with his own mic. But, uh, you know, uh, and then after that press conference, I'm like, put him in, just put him in a title fight so I can just see him get knocked out. And so we just don't ever have to hear from him again. Yeah, so. you would like to see him get just jungle raped by John Jones, but you know he's going to end up fight. He's going to end up fighting a a, a big name. So you got to figure. This thing, well, okay, this, I'm sorry. Let me let me let me throw my my two cents in real quick. And I'll because I, I, I don't have any fighters for him. And I want to hear what you think because of this. He's fought the majority of the of the division already. He has right. fought the majority of the division at one point in time. I mean shit, before uh Chuck and and uh Randy left, he fought most of the division. Now, so Tito in his mind, you know, Tito no matter what, Tito is good at making money, okay? I don't think he's good at press anymore just because as I said, he's not he, nobody gives a fuck, but he's good at making money. He made $450,000 on that last yes. fight. Okay? Now, He's not going to – and he, in his mind, thinks that he deserves these top-level fighters. I mean, you wouldn't have gotten Ryan he Bader. Does. I mean, you he, wouldn't have gotten Ryan Bader and Matt Hamill and, and all these other top-level guys if he didn't – if if he wasn't good at what he does. Now, in saying that, he is not good enough to hang with the top group. And he's so, – so he's already fought the – he's already fought everybody, okay? He's not good enough to fight the top of the – top of the crop now this actually may scare a couple of guys into thinking like why the fuck this is not going to help my career out at all i mean i'm sure bader just said like i'm gonna knock him out this is not gonna be a big deal this doesn't help anyone's career out but he's not going to be able but tito won't sign on for fighting a phil davis or for fighting you know a lower level tier guy like or up an up-and-comer or anything like that so who so who because i have nobody who do you think he fights it's got to be a big name um, and it's got to be somebody that's in, for the most part, you would think top 10 or top 15. Um, he doesn't want to be fading, you know, facing a guy like, you know, Jason Brills. He's not going to fight a dude like that, that maybe it is at his level and that he could be able to beat. Um, I, I think there, there was a handful of names that came to me. I think on the lower rung for Tito, um, Brandon Vera, because he's a name he's been in the UFC for a long time and he would be, I guess, ranked along the same area as Tito would be. Um, The big one and the most likely scenario, I think, is the winner of uh, Little Nog Nog. and Franklin. Yep. Um, I think that's the most likely. I think that's a good fight for him. Ideally, for the UFC, it would probably be with uh, Rich Franklin. But for me, I want to see the rematch that is a decade in the making. Both guys are coming off their wins, dispatching their opponents early in the first round, Esteban. The Huntington Beach bad boy and the janitor, Vladimir <laughs> Matashenko. <laughs> I want I want Vladdy Tito too. 
I, you know, and it's it's really fitting too because both of them coming out of fucking left field with rights and dropping their opponents. You know, I I, I agree. I agree, right? I think that's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. So, uh, just real quick, I mean, you know, I think we stuck long enough on on TORTs. I hope you get beat. I, you know, I said I thought he should have fucking retired, win or lose or draw in that last fire. I think it should have happened. But um, next and finally, we have. The title cont- – I'm sorry. The title fight, Ryan, Dominic Cruz versus Uriah Faber. Um, I, you know, I really don't have much to say about this fight. I thought Dominic Cruz uh, in classic Dominic Cruz fashion came out. He looked good. I think he gassed a little early. I, I'm attributing that to uh, you know him having to stay out of the gym for the surgery. And uh, honestly, Uriah probably landing more shots than anyone has in the past. I think so. you're right. I think a lot of it was just actually how effective uh, Uriah was against Dominic Cruz and actually Cruz having to take some shots. I think that's what it was. I don't know that it was a conditioning thing. They kept on saying it in the broadcast. And, yeah, he looked a little bit slower, but I didn't think it was Cruz that, you know, it was the one that had really sl- slowed down. I thought Uriah was just able to, um, you know, he'd probably uh, studied him well enough to, to try and guess the best that he can as far as trying to hit Dominic. Now, I was surprised at how how you know effective Faber was. I thought it was going to be right. more more one sided. I thought Faber was going to take more damage than what he did, um, but I, I still had Cruz. I had him winning the first, the second, the third, and the fifth round. I thought the only round that Uriah took was probably in the fourth round because yeah, he dropped and him in the fourth, right? He, and he dropped him, and that was really the only time in the fight that Cruz was ever in any danger. Um, you see, after uh, Uriah dropped him, that. Cruz, instead of bouncing around at that point, he was actually walking, plodding forward. He was that standing the, in front the, of him, and that was the first time that uh, that that Cruz has done this in you know however many fights that he's had here. Um, and so that was, I, I thought you know surely Uriah is going to jump on all, all over him, and this you know this could be a crazy upset at this point. You know coming back after you know losing the way he has been. And uh, Uriah just never, you know, turned it on him. Cruz was able to, um, you know, to get his wits about him and uh, ended up taking the fifth round then as well. So, um, you know, for me in the fight, I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was very entertaining. It was an excellent mixed martial arts fight. So um, that would be, you know, if you're going to show somebody all the different types of the game, I think that would be kind of a uh, an interesting fight to show them. Um, as far as uh, title contenders, what's what sucks about uh, 135 is it's still so young in the UFC Demetrius and they haven't Johnson. had a chance to really uh, bring up names. But yes, the the one name that came to me was Demetrius Johnson, who I think could actually be speedier than Dominic Cruz, which is uh, a, which is scary. Yes, it is. Uh, but uh, uh, but DJ's a, a, a pretty incredible fighter. He didn't look that great in his last fight. I thought he actually lost the decision against uh, Torres, but uh, he still so did. He, I but he still technically won the fight and he beat a former champion. I think he's the only legitimate um, contender at this point. So. I agree. I, I mean, I, I agree. And, you know, and they're actually talking about making the fly to flyweight division too, which I, I mean, and they said they're hoping to have that out before, uh, you know, um, for the end of the year. And that to me, I mean, you know, you, you don't even have, a, a, you know, my opinion, 
Enough, well, put it this way: I, maybe they have enough fighters in the uh, in the bantamweight division, but they're not showing the fights. You know what I mean? But I don't think they just have a large enough stable of fighters right now to even be thinking about uh, 125. Because I, I, to be honest, I don't I don't, I don't know any 125ers. I mean, like they only show those in like Dream. No, nope, like, yeah, they, they, you're right. They need to uh, they need to build 135 up um, probably for a couple of years before they look at doing that. So then they can have guys that would start, you know, trickling down like uh, Kenny Florian did to give you, you know, a marketable name that you'll have um, right. at that and point. Then, so. And then just real quick, Ryan, you know, do you, you know, this is the fourth consecutive um, title loss, title shot loss that Faber has. Um, does he get another shot at the title? Uh, if he puts a couple more wins together, he's a very marketable guy. Uh, so uh, yes, he'll probably get another title shot, but he's going to need a couple of wins. And I think it's just two wins that it'll, that it'll be probably the, the, the next fight for him, a good fight would probably be, uh, uh, maybe him against Torres. So I think that's a good marketable fight. Yeah, absolutely. I'd watch it. So, all right, Ryan. Well, that was, uh, that was exciting. That was a good one. It was, it was most enjoyable. Um, we've got more crazy MMA talk here, uh, next week. Um, it was, uh, it was a pleasure. And you guys, go ahead and you – know, I'm serious too. You know, tweet Dana White. You know, let him know that – you know, honestly, Nate Marquardt, he's a great guy. I met him. You got you got to go with me. Uh, you know, just tell him that – just just hear him out. Just hear him out. Hear what he has to say. And uh, hit us up on uh, Facebook. And then what's our blog site, Ryan? It's MMAInTheCage.blogspot.com. That's fine. And uh, MMAInTheCage.gmail.com. See you guys next week. If you guys have any questions about MMA, relationship advice, life, or just some bullshit you want to ask me and Ryan, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, or send us an email at MMAInTheCage at gmail.com. Oh, 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 o